0: <laughs> Hello. Good morning to you all. A very warm welcome to our service this morning. Uh, a warm welcome to those who are gathered here in the space, particularly to Magdala, Jill, uh, family, friends, supporters who have come uh, for this special service of baptism and reception into church membership. Uh, warm welcome to you also if you're accessing us through a screen today. Uh, wherever you are, we trust that you will have this sense of God being present with us. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Hallelujah. So we shall join our voices together and sing strength will rise everlasting God. If you're able please stand. Sit down, friends. Let us pray. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We thank you so much, Father God, that you are a safe stronghold for us all. Uh, We come. Because you are worthy. You are worthy of all of our praise and adoration. You deserve our praise and our worship, our thanksgiving. There is no one like you. We've looked, some of us have looked for years and we have not found anyone who is your equal. Many promise all sorts of different things. Some promise very wonderful things but none of them are a patch on you. All of our horizons are open because you, Lord Jesus, were obedient to your Father's will. You went to the cross in our stead. You took the, punish, uh, the punishment that was rightfully ours and we have re- reaped a reward which is way beyond our expectation just by saying yes to all that you are offering us. Forgiveness of our sins. A beginning again with you and with one another. Thank you, Father God, for sending your Son. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being willing and being obedient to your Father's will. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for pointing us towards the cross and showing us that all we need is to be found there. Draw near and bless us as we seek to continue to walk with you in this day and beyond. We ask it all in your glorious name. Amen. Now, in a little while... uh, We're going to baptise Magdala. I'm saying we. I'm the only one that's going to get in the pool with her uh, because there ain't enough room to get all of you in. Uh, But we're doing it, uh, we. It is the church that is doing this. Uh, It's the church that is doing the baptising. She's going to come into membership uh, of the church at the communion table. And also we're going to welcome Jill at the communion table too, uh, but that's later. Just to say to you, uh, the water in the pool is ordinary tap water. It's not special. It has not been blessed. It has not come from a special source. It is just water. Uh, So, you know, there's nothing, in a sense, there's nothing magical about it. Uh, And going through the water isn't a magic thing. It is an act of obedience for all those that have come to that place of faith. Uh, We're going to hear in a minute or two from Magdala. She's going to give her testimony. She's going to tell the story of how she comes to be ready to be baptized today. Uh, But baptism is for all and any who have come to that point of faith in Jesus Christ Uh, So, and it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, if you've come face to face with the things that Jesus says about himself and you recognize that those things are effective for you and they are what you need in order to go forward in your walk with him, then there is a conversation to be had. Uh, Come and have it later after the service. So it's ordinary tap water, it's it's an act of declaring our faith. Now, Magdala, your turn. Come and talk to us.
1: As a result of living in a Christian household, I've always known that God is in my life. Growing up listening to Bible stories and participating in activities was always something that happened in my life. But once I turned 14, understanding the Bible stories I listened to as a child and interpreting memory verses taught in Sunday school became increasingly important to me. Through interpreting God's word and realizing what God has done for us and knowing that he's never going to leave or forget about us brought a sense of everlasting comfort to me. Then once I turned 16, I truly realized that God's love is unconditional. And that felt extremely reassuring to me. So then I decided to accept God's love and guidance into my life. And after that, I said to myself, I wanted to get baptized. And here we are today.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Brevity as well. Thank you. Uh, I asked Magdala if there was a particular song that she would like featured in the service today, and she's chosen The Lord's My Shepherd, uh, setting of the 23rd Psalm, uh, and it's Stuart Townend's uh, treatment of that particular psalm. So we're all going to stand up, uh, if we're able, and we're going to sing, and then Magdala and I, during the last, I think the last verse, we will get ourselves into the pool ready, okay? Okay. So if you're able, please stand as we sing together. move to see what's going on are you on the screen no no if you want to move to get a better view that's okay oh you are now good excellent fine right so magdala do you acknowledge jesus christ as your lord and savior i do do you promise to serve him in his church and in the world then I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you for Magdala's witness. Thank you for her decision to follow you. Now, will you fill her with your Holy Spirit? that she might be equipped and enabled to serve you in your church and in the world. We ask this in your glorious name. Amen.
1: Amen.
2: here after these sorts of joyous occasions you've got the short straw really now haven't you because you've just got me back (laughs) lovely wasn't that just great
1: Mm.
2: absolutely wonderful so we're going to sing again Mm. chaps uh, before the throne of god above and at the end of this we'll take up the offering Evelyn, if that's okay lovely do stand if you're able Our dear friend Eric Frost, um, as you know, has died. His funeral will be this Friday uh, at the crematorium at 2.45, and I know that many of us will be there. Happier notes. Next Sunday is harvest, um, so please do bring your gifts for St Mark's Meals. St Mark's Meals do a great job of cooking for local children who may not otherwise have a hot meal that day. Um, So, if you can bring any of these tinned or dried goods uh, to help St Mark's Meals next Sunday, we will bring them to the front and they will form part of our harvest offering um, this Sunday. Uh, Next Sunday is also the last day that we will have uh, Kevin, our minister, and his wife Angie with us before Kevin retires. Um, We are having a ploughman's tea at five o'clock. If you haven't signed up, today is the last day to sign up. The list is out on the notice board uh, in the coffee bar area. So please, um, if you'd like to join us for that, please do sign up.
1: Mm.
2: And lastly, it's a very important special person's birthday this week. Joel, are you here? Hello. Do you want to come up here and tell us how old you're going to be this week? If, if Mummy and Daddy will let me, I'll hold you up so the people on Zoom can see you. Is that all right, Mummy and Daddy? Would you up so give the people on zoom a big wave. Say hello and, and when are you when are you gonna have your birthday? What day is it? Tuesday. Tuesday. And how old are you gonna be? Five. Five! Oh can we sing happy birthday to you? Thank okay. you. Well Didn't embarrass him too much, mummy and daddy. <laughs> um, secondary school age children are going to stay in for the rest of the service. Primary school age children are going to go out. So can we bless them as they go with our usual greeting? Uh, the Lord be with you. Oh, who's going out? <laughs> Have a great time out in your sessions. we're going to move into our time of uh, prayers of intercession. Let us pray. We thank you, dear Lord, for the joy we've witnessed this morning in Magdala's baptism. And we thank you for all who've brought her to this point in her faith, especially her mother, Nicole, and her life here with us at Spurgeons, growing up through junior church, and BBGA, and we ask that a deep sense of your spirit will now rest upon her, grow within her and sustain her all the days of her life as she walks with you. We thank you too that you've brought Jill back to join with us here, we look forward to welcoming her into membership later in the service. Thank you for her warmth and friendliness and her steadfast love for you. Help us to explore ways together that we can work to serve you in this place. Lord, we also want to lift up before you those known to us going through times of great difficulty. We continue to pray for Eric's family at this sad time and ask you to be especially with them as they approach his funeral on Friday. There are others who need a special touch of your deep love for them. For Ken and Jackie, we pray. For Les Gell, Dot Pittock, Margaret Hammond, Jill Holliday, Graham and Jenny Smith, and others who may be known to us. Draw near to them, we pray, and be their encouragement and peace in these times of hardship. Father, we pray particularly for the royal family, as they face dealing with their grief in view of the world's gaze at Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's funeral tomorrow. Please give them courage and fortitude and the grace to acknowledge the source of the strength that we know they will receive from you as they mourn the loss of somebody so dear to them and to us. Lord, around the world there is so much that saddens and distresses us. Too much to name it individually before you this morning, but you know of it all. So, Father, we want to earnestly pray that you will work in the hearts of those who would sow enmity and hatred and the horrors of war. Thank you that you have summoned men and women who love you to serve you in these darkest of places. Strengthen and empower them, we pray, that the seeds of love they sow And of grace and peace may prevail against the powers of darkness because you have given us the victory in Christ Jesus, and for that we thank you. We thank you too that after months and months, the news from Ukraine seems to speak cautiously of a more just way for the Ukrainian people, although at great cost. We continue to pray, especially for those at BMS working in Poland and the surrounding countries to help alleviate the plight plight of refugees from Ukraine and indeed maybe even helping some to return. Thank you too that you've placed our own Nick Lingard to work at BMS, seeking to support fundraising amongst churches to fulfil your kingdom purposes in the world. Bless him in this new role, we pray, as he settles in. And Lord, we pray for all that happens in this building throughout the week, times of fellowship and food, teaching, playing, learning, supporting the vulnerable in our community. Thank you for all who enable that to happen. And we just pray that your love for all who walk through these doors may shine brightly through us and touch the hearts of those who come. We pray too for Kevin and Angie as they approach the end of their time here with us and indeed as they prepare for Kevin's retirement from full-time ministry. Stay close to them, Lord, we pray, as they enter this new phase of their lives. May their house smooth go smoothly and may they quickly settle into a new pattern of life together which gives them time to relax, explore new ways to serve you in their new community and become settled into a new rhythm together. And lastly, Lord, we pray for ourselves as we enter this time of interregnum. Thank you that you have blessed us with a lay preaching team willing and able to lead our services. Thank you for our musicians and our singers who help us to worship you in songs. Please be with the deacons, especially as they lead the church through this time. And we look ahead to whoever whoever you will be calling to be the next minister or ministers here. Be with us and guide us, we pray, at our meeting a week on Monday. And may our our profile be a faithful representation of where we are now and where we believe you want us to be. So we draw our prayers together by saying the Lord's Prayer. the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I'm going to invite Lucas to come and share our reading with us from Acts chapter 9.
3: Our reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 9, verses 32 to 42, entitled Aeneas and Dorcas. As Peter travelled about the country he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There, he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became ill and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please, come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood round him, "'crying and showing him the robes and other clothing "'that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. "'Peter sent them all out of the room. "'Then he got down on his knees and prayed. "'Turning towards the dead woman, he said, "'Tabitha, get up.' "'She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. "'He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. "'Then he called for the believers,' especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Dropper, and many people believed in the Lord. Amen.
2: Kevin, I'll hand back to you. You'll be very pleased to know I'm not doing the sermon.
0: getting very comfortable in my seat over there. It was lovely. So so, um, very straightforward little piece today. Um, This part of the book of Acts actually introduces a new section uh, of the whole of the book. Um, It explains why Peter is in Joppa. So Simon uh, at Simon the Tanner's house when Cornelius's servants are looking for him, and we'll hear about that uh, next week. Uh, It's a prelude to the Cornelius episode. It's an opening up of the gospel to the Gentile world coming very shortly. And interestingly, it is Peter that begins that phase of the book. Because, of course, we know it is Saul who will be Paul, who is called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. But what this is saying is... There is an opening up of the gospel beyond the Jewish people now. It is pushing out beyond uh, that original covenant people and is being opened up to all who would want to draw near to God. Uh, and the two episodes that we've just heard read for us, uh, they're reminiscent of act- activities uh, that we saw In the Gospels, when Jesus was walking the earth, the healing of Aeneas, who is paralyzed. Uh, Jesus healed a paralyzed man, brought to him by four friends and lowered down through the roof of a house. Jesus looks at the man uh, and he says to him, friend, your sins are forgiven. And there's a group of teachers of the law. Pharisees are there. Uh, And they are talking amongst themselves and they are thinking to themselves, who is this? Uh, What is he doing? Only God can forgive sins. He's speaking blasphemy. In order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, friend, take up your mat. Uh, Sorry, get up, take up your mat, go home. And the paralyzed man does that. And here, in this particular passage, uh, Peter says, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, tidy up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. And then with the raising of Dorcas, this lovely, beautiful woman who is so practical, in her service, so practical in her love uh, for the sisters and brothers, making clothing and all manner of other things uh, with the gift and skill and talent that God has given her. Uh, This woman is unwell. In fact, she has died. Please come at once, they say to Peter. Peter sends the widows out of the room, gets down on his knees and prays. Turning towards the dead woman, he says, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. Well, we recall Jairus' daughter, don't we? Uh, The leader of the synagogue, having lost his daughter, finding Jesus and begging him to come and pray with and for uh, his daughter, who at that stage he believed to be just very, very ill. Oh, don't trouble the teacher, master, I'm afraid she's dead do not be afraid just believe says jesus and they go to the girl's room and all of those uh, women are uh, mourning her death keeling and keening and wailing keeling keening and wailing uh, and doing what you did in that culture jesus sends them all out of the room Very reminiscent, these two episodes, of the very things that Jesus was doing when he was physically present and ministering on the earth. And when Aeneas is healed, many people in Lydda and Sharon come to faith. And when Dorcas is raised from the dead in Joppa, many people come to faith. It is not surprising, is it, that that should be the case. What Luke is very keen to show is that the mission and work of Jesus is continuing through his followers. What was centered in one man supremely, the power of the Holy Spirit, supremely embodied in Jesus, is now available to all those who love him, and seek to follow him. Should we expect to see that happening today? Well, if we love the Lord Jesus and are seeking to follow him, I would say so. So why don't we see it happening quite so much here? Well, of course, it does happen, doesn't it? But we don't... We don't make such a fuss because we're so British. <laughs> uh, people do get prayed for, don't they? And some of them get healed. Uh, we, we don't see a great deal in this part of the world, I have to say. Uh, and that has always been, I was going to say a matter of concern to me. That's not quite right. I've always been particularly interested in why that should be. Why is it harder? than it might be, for example, in parts of Asia or Africa. When we were in Shirley, uh, we supported a chap called Charlie Tom, who had lived in the house at the back of our church for about eight years while he he got himself educated, really, theologically. Uh, He was from India, South India, and he went back to work with his father-in-law, Uh, in a church called um, Church on the Rock. Uh, And after he'd worked with his father-in-law for about 18 months, he uh, branched out on his own and he set up his own uh, mission organisation, church planting organisation, called the Mercy Mission Welfare Society. And he would write to us. And he wrote about some amazing things that were going on. And Charlie was from a Pentecostal background, uh, and we knew him well. As I say, he lived at the back of our house for eight years, at the back of our church for eight years. And uh, he would write these amazing letters. You know, several dozen people have come to know the Lord in the last few weeks. Uh, a number of people have been healed. Uh, we're starting to church uh, to, to plant churches in all sorts of tribal areas. Um, we just started to wonder was this really happening so we just were talking within our church and we asked two men to go and visit charlie to bring back you know a report really will you go and look at this work and will you come back and tell us what's really going on so we picked out a young man who was a nurse in birmingham children's hospital because There was a lot of stuff going on in terms of clinics and so forth. Uh, And we picked out a man who was very high up in one of the major high street banks. Just go and have a look and see what's happening. And then come back and report. So they went away. They spent a fortnight with Charlie and they came back. uh, And I saw them in my office. And I said, right boys, tell me. And they said, I'm afraid he's not been telling us the truth. And I thought, oh, no. It's much bigger and better than he has said. He wouldn't tell us in writing because he knew we wouldn't believe it. And he was doing amazing work. And it wasn't dozens of people that were coming to know the Lord. It was hundreds. He was planting churches all over the shop. People were getting healed. They, they were getting healed quite miraculously, and they were also getting healed because they were setting up clinics, uh, medical clinics, to deal with very ordinary things in this country, but that were life-changing out in India. Uh, and these two guys said to me, he's got a number of street children living in the house with him and Liz, his wife, and the two girls. And they want to build a hostel for homeless children. Uh, he thinks it's going to cost... Well, he thinks it's going to cost about £30,000 to build two, one for boys and one for girls. We think we should know try and raise some money towards that good plan um charlie's coming over in three months time to visit uh, it'd be nice if we could give him a check so we went to the church meeting and said he's doing far more than we could ever even hope or imagine this is what he wants to do the challenge is for us to raise some money and the church rose to the challenge magnificently they didn't just raise some money they raised all of the money it was remarkable so when he came over you know we had him up the front charlie gives a bit of a, a brief on what's going on wow that's remarkable fabulous by the way here's a check for thirty thousand pounds friend oh pastor thank you when the buildings are built you will come out and open them won't you Hooray! So I went, and I saw it. And I went, and I preached just about every evening somewhere in a wild tribal area on the edge of the Bay of Bengal. And lots of people came forward for prayers. You know, we'd, I would speak for about 15, 20 minutes, which Charlie thought was really paltry, you know, and he would preach for about another half an hour, uh, so they'd add their money's worth, as it were. And then we would just say, if anybody wants to be prayed for, just come to the front. And it was like a tidal wave. Everybody just got up. And, phew, and you were there for ages, just praying. I'm praying in English. They don't speak English. I've been preaching through an interpreter. I have no idea what's going on. They don't know what's going on. I'm just saying, please, God, bless these people. Whatever they need, will you please deal with it? Amen. And God is doing stuff. Why doesn't that happen here? Well, it does happen here. It's just we're very reserved and quiet and we don't like to let people know that we might have a need. So, you know, I'll say, if you'd like to be prayed for, come forward, and you'll all wait. (laughs) Let's see if anybody goes up. No, right, well, I won't then. Somebody has to be brave, you know, and, and you know, just start it. Um, there, there was no such reserve in India. There were just hundreds, uh, and it wasn't just me. There were others that went from our church, and they had exactly the same experience, and they prayed for people, and stuff happened. God does stuff. We have to believe that He wants to, and we have to believe that He wants to do it for us. You have to be brave sometimes. So, I mean, I've got a list of possibilities as to why God might not do stuff, but I don't need to do any of that. Because you know very well, if you've got a real need that you would like to deal with, I mean, I've said it, haven't I? Just come, and I will pray for you and with you. And others can do that if by some strange, strange quirk of circumstance, uh, everybody should want to come forward. Deacons, uh, you're part of this. You need to come up and be involved in the praying bit. All right. So if that happens, we'll see. Of course, sometimes we're just in love with the trappings of power. I've, I've been in some church services, particularly some uh, that you know, have a reputation... Uh, for stuff happening. Uh, And I've just watched carefully, and I could tell. They sort of built an expectation, and they were a bit bothered that it might not happen. So they would try and manufacture it and make it happen. That never works. I've prayed with lots of people down through the time I've been in ministry. Sometimes God does something really spectacular. Sometimes God does something that is very, very low-key, and hardly noticeable at all. In fact, not at all noticeable to anybody watching from outside, but very real to the person who'd been prayed for. Because very often when we start to talk about this stuff, people say to me, well, Kevin, what what if you pray for somebody and nothing happens? Well, something always happens. You just can't always see it. Uh, And I've always been very careful when folk have come who have clearly been ill or unwell in some way. uh, God always does something, but he doesn't always do what I want, and he doesn't always do what the person I'm praying for wants either. That's the trouble with God. You know, he just does what he wants to do. I wish I knew a formula, or I could bottle this somehow so that it always came out the way that I wanted it to. It never does. I pray for people. I pray with people. Something happens. I can't say what it's going to be, but something usually happens. Having prayed with Magdala in the water this morning, I'm pretty sure something will happen. Don't know what, but something will. God always does something. One of the things I've discovered over the time I've been a Christian is that if you give yourself to him properly, he always honors that. It's not always easy to be in the hands of the living God. You know, the trappings of power you know, I want to pray for people and see them healed. I want to pray for people and see them fall over because God has overwhelmed them with the Spirit. I want this, I want that, I want. It's not about that. You put yourself in the hands of the living God, and suddenly you are being examined. It's why it's it's why usually in these services early on there is a prayer of confession and repentance. You know, we come into the presence of the living God. We come into the presence of holiness and beauty and purity. And we become aware that we aren't holy, beautiful, pure. We are in need. So we confess that need. We accept the reality. When you come before God and you're quiet... In his presence, when you come face to face with God in silence, come face to face with yourself, come face to face with the redeeming work of Jesus on the cross, you will never be the same again. Something will happen if you want it to. The answer to this really lies in just that, in allowing God to examine us, to show us our faults, not somebody else's. We can all see what's wrong with everybody else, and there's nothing wrong with us. You see, the church would be great if it was just me and God, because me and God have got an understanding. Um, I can do just whatever I please, and God will forgive me, because that's what he does. And that's all right until it's God and me and God and me and you. Because you don't see me quite like God does, do you? (laughs) And I don't see you quite like God does either. Like I said earlier, we're all good at seeing what's wrong with everybody else. But it's about just being in the hands of the living God and letting him sift us. You know Psalm 139, don't you? You know, examine me. Towards the end of that psalm, it's, it's like a miller taking flour and, and running it through his fingers. And this is what you know, the psalmist is saying to God do that with my life, do that with me, just sift me. It's not an easy thing. Ask God to show you what you need to let go of. What are our faults? No one else's, just ours. And again, Jesus tells a lovely little story. where well, it's not even a story. It's a brief phrase. You know, you want to get the speck out of somebody's eye, you can't see the lump of 4 2 in your own. Get the plank out of your own eye first. Let God put his finger on whatever it is, then confession and repentance... That's the bit you do, then the bit that God does forgiveness, restoration of the true self, recreation, renewal. You will be who God wants you to be, and you will be a power in your family, in your workplace in the place where you study. In fact, you will be a power wherever you go because God goes with you. Amen? Right. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for this day uh, and for all that we have seen and heard. Draw near to us, and bless us as we seek to live for you and for you alone. Amen. going to sing together once again, and then we're going to gather around the Lord's table. Uh, and this is a song that Jill has chosen for us to sing. Be still, for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. Let's stand if we're able and sing together. Sit down, friends. If you truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and are in love and charity with your neighbours, and are resolved to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking henceforth in his holy ways, then draw near with faith, and take this sacrament to your comfort and growth in grace. Come to this sacred table not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak, not because you have any claim on heaven's rewards, but because in your frailty and sin you stand in constant need of heaven's mercy and help. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He also said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them and they with me. We pray together. Lord, we come to your table trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs from under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. Jill, would you stand, please? The same two questions for you that I asked of Magdala earlier. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? I do. Do you promise to serve him in his church and in the world? I do. Excellent. On profession of your faith, I welcome you into membership of the church in the name of of this church, and of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's for you. Magdala, would you stand up? On profession of your faith through the waters of baptism, I welcome you into membership of this church, in the name of the church, and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well done. Do sit down, friends. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. We read that Jesus offered a prayer of thanksgiving for bread and for wine, and we shall do the same. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for bread and for wine, ordinary things which in your hands become extraordinary. They point us to the cost of our salvation, and we are truly thankful for all that has been done for us. We are particularly grateful that there is something physical for us to touch, to see, to taste. As we eat and drink, may we do so with thankful hearts. Amen. After he'd given thanks, the Lord took the bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Whenever you do this, remember me. We eat the bread as we receive it. In the same way he took the cup after supper and said this cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood whenever you drink this remember me we retain the cup and drink together You sit down It is the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope that you have set before us, so that we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. We're going to sing our closing song together, which is in Christ alone. Now, just thinking about what we were saying earlier in the sermon, should there be anybody here that would like to be prayed for? come and sit in the front row. I will pray with you. If you all get up and move to the front, deacons, you'll have to assist. But if there's two or three, I probably will be able to manage. So as we're singing the song, if you sense God wants you to come sit at the front, come sit at the front. Let's stand if we're able and sing together. Mm-hmm.
1: darkness slain, then bursting forth my glorious day.